Good Darts. It's the podcast that's all about darts. The quality cannot be guaranteed, though. We're here at the World Match Play here in Milton Keynes. We've got an in-depth chat with Glenn Doan, the three-time Lakeside champion, coming up, as well as discussion about the biggest ranking tournament outside of the World Championship. Uh, no Wayne Mardle again this week. Uh, our best wishes to Wayne. He's not here, but we have a replacement. It is a former world champion, which is something that Wayne never managed. Uh, Mark Webster, Mark, thanks for stepping in quite last minute. No, no, you're more than welcome, Dan. I'm happy to help out and uh, reiterate what you say there. Best wishes to Wayne. We'll see him back soon. Yeah, and, and we will, uh, very sure. Um, but your first taste of MK, like since the whole lockdown thing started, you didn't have to go through the test though, did you? What, what's the whole experience been like? It's odd, isn't it? Oh, it is odd. I mean, I've played here loads of times in the Pro Tours, but yeah, coming here, it's strange. We, we literally don't see each other, do we, Dan? We're on a different floor. We're, we're, we're separated. We go in, we have a temperature test. We, we have a mask to move around, which I'm sure you have as well. It's all a bit strange, but you know we're all based on the same floor. Um, keep that distance. It's good, and, I, and I've been pleasantly surprised of how it's come across on TV, the event as well. Yeah, no, that has been the most impressive thing, I think. It's, it's a bit like... Bit, do you watch Black Mirror, the Charlie Brooker thing, where it's all like sort of weird sort of sci-fi <laughs> near future, just seeing like two dark players and loads of big screens and no people. It's a bit like that, but it's quite impressive how they've at least made it look like a big event, even though the, the atmosphere is like one of the massive things at, at Live Darts. Yeah, I mean, like probably a few people, I was very sceptical. When I tuned in on Saturday night, I wasn't down here then, I was watching. I, I thought it was great. I mean, the players want to be playing. Yes, they'd like the crowd there, but they're not here. But I think... The PDC Sky, everybody's made the best of a bad situation. I think it's fantastic. It gets the tour going and you know, gets me and you working again, Dan. Yeah, that, that has been... What, what have you been doing in lockdown? I know you've been playing a lot of the, the Modus League and were you commentating as well? I did a bit of commentary. I did a little bit um, of commentating online. I've been playing, commentating, drifting in and out. But yeah, well, with two young children, the time soon goes. But it's been good for me, really, because I, I probably wouldn't have picked my darts up to a later date because obviously I've got not a great deal to play for. I've been playing you know three times a week for you know it's a six seven hour day playing so it's probably done me a favor in that sense i mean we all want the normality back but in terms of that's been a bit of a bonus for me the online stuff where's i mean where are you at now webby because you are doing a lot of stuff for sky and you're very good at it uh of course i think uh you learned a lot working at the champions league for a couple of years uh, of course i'm saying the greats like me Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean where does it fit i mean are you thinking more this, this could be this is me now. This is, I'm a I'm a I'm a bit like Wayne Mardell. I've gone from the playing into the presenting thing. Or are you still harbouring ambitions that the tour could be there in future? I, I change my mind every week, Dan. In same so you know, I played Paul Nichols on this online thing the other week. Averaged 109. Thinking right, let's go win the world championship. You get carried away. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then you have a me. Do I'm inconsistent. I want to play. I'm going to Q School in January. We'll see what happens there. But. I like the media stuff. It's it never ever feels like a chore to me. I enjoy it. I like what I like watching darts. How I got into it watching and so and yeah, it, it, it's fun. I'm lucky. You know, it means a lot of people who work a, a damn sight harder probably than I do in a, in a week and don't earn as much. And I'm doing something I enjoy and I get to watch a sport that I love. So I'm getting the the best of both worlds. If I get to play again, I hope to. I really want to. I've got no ambitions to go back to the match play or the Grand Prix. I just want to play in the World Championship again. I don't like the fact that I lost to Paul in on a the graveyard shift on a Monday night a few years ago so I just like to go back and I'd have totally different ambitions you know I was, I was there kidding myself thinking I'm a top 16 player when I wasn't I, I, I think I can get a tour card so we'll see how January goes and we'll go from there alright well look what have you made of the match play so far because at the moment we're talking on Wednesday night it's been 
absolute cedar-geddon. There's only two of the top ten left. Van Gerwen's gone, Wright's just gone. Are you kind? Of, are you surprised that there's been so many shocks, or do you think it's a natural consequence of there being that massive gap? People are going to come back. You're going to get weird results. Um, no, I just I am surprised the seeds have gone. Obviously, but the quality and depth. I mean, you're looking at. We've just seen Peter Wright play Glenn Durin in a last 16 match. What's that about? That won't be a last 16 match in a few years because Glenn's going to climb at the rankings. But yeah, just. Obviously, players have used their time wisely away. They had that home series, which people were sceptical about. Someone like Joe Cullen, who I spoke to on the phone, he's like, I don't fancy that. And he actually said it was a great kind thing for him. changed his mind, didn't Yeah, he? it did. And players embraced that, which was good. And when they've come back to Milton Keynes, they're probably like kids at Christmas. They want to get back. They want to start doing their job. And they're doing their job really well. In the summer series, I thought the standard was unreal. I was keeping an eye on that. And this has been a fantastic world match by under and circumstances these players aren't used to. So I've been really impressed. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I, I made my picks for the first few days of the match play strong couple of days for me uh, you can make your picks on the low six app as well um, but I picked seven out of the ten winners first two days was feeling quite confident Paul Nicholson still did me on the last podcast because he picked eight out of ten and that's even though I got Gabriel Clemens right in the Rob Cross game uh, and he picked Rob Cross since then absolutely horrific the, the two following days there I got one right on Monday one right on Tuesday it was absolutely abysmal I'm going to test you and your predictions over the next two yeah, nights so we're going to it, yeah. do that later yeah, yeah. because this has been a surprise but you, you you called a couple for tonight though didn't you you reckon Dozer was going to beat Peter Wright I called Glenn Durin yeah I've, I've, I've actually said Glenn Durin to get the final uh, I'm going ahead in the thing there but I, I just think he's a player who does his own thing doesn't he don't, you know, he, he's not everyone's cup of tea but oh, my god can he play darts he's fantastic and he just does his own thing he digs himself out of holes when he's behind I think he's yeah, I just got, I was convinced he'd beat Peter Wright tonight. He's getting better and better. And I think he just loves playing. I think he loves it over here. I think he'd be itching to get back down here for the Premier League. He might even be down here as the match play champion, but he's got a massive chance tonight. And it's a chance he's carved out for himself. Wow. So let's, he, he can win titles. He's proved that. So let's just wait and see. Yeah, well, look, he has just become favourite for the world match play with that victory against Peter Wright. Uh, I spoke to him. It was before that game. I spoke to him after his win against Jeffrey Desvon uh, the following day. Um, some really interesting stuff with Duzza coming up and we'll be chatting more about Duzza and the world match play after this. These are the questions that you should be asking. Duzza, thanks for joining us. I feel like I've spoken to you so much and at such length in quite a short period of time since you came over to the PDC. I'm running out of things to ask you, to be honest. What do you want to talk about? Um, I'll tell you what I would like to say, first of all, is that I think this year I don't feel like I'm in the limelight. There's, you know, I, I feel like a PDC player now, so there's less interviews coming, which is sort of great. But um, you know, I think we've done the Middlesbrough thing. Um, you know, I'm just a. My whole story is about a guy who really was going nowhere with his game. Everyone knew I could play darts, uh, and at 41 year old, I decided to go and do the BDO circuit after sort of playing in the northeast and, and winning tournaments there. And it's just been an incredible nine years, but I'm still a very shy uh, man. I, family is fundamental to me. It's my, my whole life right now is about setting up a fund for my daughter, really, you know, so she can, you know, do things uh, in life. I'd love to be your granddad. Uh, she's 27 now. She's in a very happy relationship, getting married soon. So, um, you know, there's still huge things to happen uh, away uh, from darts. Um, I'm just really, really enjoying life right now. I'm quite interested in your take on 
the world of professional darts because for the vast majority of your life darts has been a bit of a hobby something yeah. on the side and you're playing alongside week week by week you're playing alongside guys who darts from a very young age they've thought this is my job yeah. this is my ticket yeah. to earning it, whereas now it's only very recently that that's that's happened to yeah. you I think I quoted once I'm the last bastion of sort of workerman's darts because now it's all sort of academies and people are coming through with you know ridiculous talents at 18 year old because you know the the pathway is there for these young kids to do that whereas you know I, I grew up on a snooker table playing a game called billiards in a smoky environment in the workerman's clubs in the 80s and 90s um, didn't have no money whatsoever I always paid my bills had a good job um, but you know the mortgage and everything come first so it was just one night out a week playing darts um, and, and the crazy thing for me was a thing called the Teesside ranking events and that sort of changed my life forever so I do often think where would I be right now dealing with an anti-social behaviour case in, in, in Grangetown is not the most pleasant thing to deal with telling someone they're going to be evicted is not a very nice thing to be telling people so I had a very sort of mentally stressful job and sort of dart was a huge release for me uh, and you know I'd sit behind an office all day um, so you know it would be my one little bit of exercise uh, a night as well so um, to see where I've come right now it's a, it, it, it is a, it's a good story and uh, I don't know I've got a lot of people to thank you know behind the sort of scenes but right now I feel like I'm out there doing it for myself at the moment it's great has it changed because you say your oh, darts was that was my fun that was my yeah. release yeah. but now it's your job yeah. then all those pressures that you had in your day-to-day -day working life dealing with particularly difficult cases with Middlesbrough housing yeah. or whatever now the pressures are different yeah. they're, they're about winning games to pay your bills yeah. they're also about you know dealing with you know, you're now a public figure mm. and have been for a while I thought what was it the mayor of Tees Valley yeah. where it does a face yeah. match the other it's, day it, it is it's um, you know, when he messaged me it's it is crazy I, I'd like to touch on that I'm playing darts uh, where I've got to pay the bills with darts now is like I never bought big I never my lakeside winnings you know um, semi I never I still live in a you know, the same house. I, first thing I ever did was pay my mortgage off. I was able to get my daughter on the property ladder. I mean, your so, house is entirely Diamante. I mean, oh, it that's is. Got a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's pure B and M. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. I shall kill me for saying it. it probably isn't. It probably isn't B and M. We can edit that. Don't worry. Yeah, but I think she's. Um, and that's really important because Susan's happy right now as well. But I don't worry about money. I have been quite um, tight. Um, so I don't play darts. I, I played a game last week. I won't say his name. And when, when he, it, when I beat him, he said, "Oh, don't worry. I won my first game anyway. So that pays my hotel for the week." I don't have that mentality. I, 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 clearly, I'm just, I'm playing darts. I'm, my hobby is my job right now, and it, it's a great feeling. Um, but I don't get on that rocky thinking. God, if I win here, I can blah blah blah. I can pay this. I've been. Um, I think one of the successes have been. A tight, you know. Uh, I was going to say Yorkshireman there, but that, that pe people from Teesside will kill me for saying. But you know, I just play darts for the love of it right now, and, and the money's just a huge, huge bonus. Well, what about the the pressure of being in the public eye? I know yeah. you know you're not a Premier League footballer. You're not lining up to play yeah. for England. It's not like you're Raheem Sterling or Harry yeah. Kane. Yeah. But there is a lot of of eyes on you. Mm. 
when you just said you're a, you're a shy man yeah. that's got to be quite a weird thing to get used to well there's two things I'd say to that is um, number one um, how do I sort of put this I, I, I was I was in the public eye about this being a, a, a three time BDO world champion coming over the pit and I felt that Q school was going to be a good chapter in my book because it was the first time where scrutiny on me was sort of incredible um, but I tell you what I've really enjoyed recently when you talk about being in the public eye and sort of things that you do or say can have an impact and that's been uh, the issue I've had with the sort of the chat with the Bell's palsy I've mm. sort of kept that I, 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 I've hidden a real lie for the past 10 years and you can sort of look at some of my videos and uh, uh, you know you can look at some of the uh, my matches now and you can sort of think when I'm winning a lakeside title the first thing should be exhilaration, excitement, I've climbed a mountain, da da da. My first thoughts were, right, there's going to be cameras on you now. Close both your eyes so you, your face doesn't sort of go distorted. Don't scream and shout. So one, and, and, and I hit that lie from my wife, you know, from, from everybody. So it has been nice recently where I've sort of felt free in telling people the sort of struggles I've had. Uh, sort of having Bell's palsy, the fact that I don't scrout and sh shout and scream because I was a girl in price, you know, prior to 2004 when I got Bell's palsy, I was a big chanter, I was someone who would give it big licks and turn around to the crowd and everybody. Um, so it's an amazing twist of fate, really, that I'm not like that now because of the Bell's palsy. Would I have been a three time world champion, uh, BDO champion? If I didn't have Bell's palsy, would I still be screaming and shouting, which raises your blood pressure, your heart rate, your etc. etc. So I've sort of quite in a in a strange way, that's been a big release for me lately. What what was it like dealing with the Bell's palsy thing on a personal level? Because it, it can happen just like that. Instant, it? Instantly. I was having a, a Sunday lunch uh, and I was eating mashed potato or gravy and it was coming out my mouth and Susan would say, God, you're so messy. And then she was like, oh my God, you've had a stroke. So it was just like, what? You know, and I'd, I'd had earache for a couple of days. Um, and I always say I got a tick bite as well. And tick is linked to uh, something called Lyme's disease, which mm. is linked. So, but there's no real answers of uh, why I got it, you know, but I got it and, and it was horrific the first 12 months. I mean, my face was sort of halfway down, you know, it was literally like, it was a real mess. And in the end, I was just said, yes, I have been to the dentist, yeah, because that's what it looked like. It looked like, oh, I was that. But going into work was tough. You know, people you're working with, they were like, oh, we can't really tell Glenn, uh, because, you know, they, they could see how much it was affecting me. and. You know, I was quite a vain man. I'd like to dress really nice. I'd like to, I was super fit. And, uh, you know, Bell's palsy sort of hid a real life for me for a long, long time. So I'm glad that's out in the open now. And it's been amazing how many, how much feedback I've had for people with Bell's palsy, how it sort of resonated with them, how it hit a real chord with them, you know, that they've been living this lie, that they've been trying to hide it by doing various things. So that's sort of, uh, it, it's nice that's out in the open now and people realise that, you know, I might come across as quite dour and miserable, but people, I was living, I was playing on that stage, instead of thinking of a treble 20 thinking, oh, that camera, look at that angle that camera's on. So if I just open my eye, people don't realise what I was living. I just think it it's as remarkable if not more so your transformation from a, a, a good pub player yeah. a county player to where you are now one of the world's elite I think it's as remarkable the fact that you've gone from a guy who, who worked 
a good job, but a run-of-the-mill, normal yeah. job, normal life, mm. you have Bell's palsy, and if somebody had told you in that first year, mm. you're going to be on international telly every week mm. doing a sport, you'd, you'd probably laugh, yeah. you would probably wouldn't have thought you'd have the confidence to be able to do that, to be able to show that... that public yeah. literally face yeah because that's got to be tough isn't it and remember them times you said many times in an interview to me Dan that my, usually my answers were I didn't believe I was I've got no talent hopefully you're beginning to understand where sort of mentally where I was I wasn't feeling great about myself didn't have a lot of belief in myself uh, and I, I you know I, I believe that was because mentally I was still hiding this sort of secret uh, even to my wife she was like really surprised you know to maybe Dennis who travels the world with me is probably the only guy who really knew um, because you know I would say oh Dennis you know ask these cameras to stop now I would go to I'd go to a Premier League launch and first thing I do was whisper to the cameraman you know because there's nothing worse than come on Glenn give us a big smile what's that and I'm trying my hardest to try and give a big smile so um, and I always said the worst moment was sport relief you know the BBC sport mm. relief wow I mean that was 80% uh, all about the you know the cameras it was all I was I was with a really beautiful woman from Autumn Watch I, th- I forget her name now she and she just when she smiled she lit up the place and it was really beauty in the beast and uh, you know my Bell's palsy wasn't great in them days as well and 10 hours of that you know as, as a day will go on my bell's palsy will often get worse uh so it was that was a horrific moment so yeah it has sort of been nice to to get that out of the way so a lot of things have been remarkable uh and that, that's why i try to keep my feet on the ground um and that's good people around me good family you know, my mum and dad are still massive dart fans they're mid 80 year old now and they're absolutely watching PDC TV you know they, they, they don't miss a game they'll give me a telling off when I win and when I lose so it's uh, yeah there's a lot of people behind me uh, trying to you know watch me succeed we see you on social media all the time you you, you always yeah. you've got on Twitter or Facebook or whatever mm. and you engage with it and it's good it's good to see yeah. there aren't that's, that's got to be quite fraught with problems as well there's obviously idiots who abuse anybody in the public eye but that's still quite difficult to deal with even if you know they're doing it for you know just to troll you or just because they've lost a bet or whatever it's quite difficult isn't it particularly when it's personal I'm not a troll in the sense that but I love social media but that goes back to that question that I'm free I'm not the guy with the bell's palsy does that make sense in the sense that behind a screen I can be funny. I can have. A, I like to think that I've great banter with the Matt Edgars of this world, uh, Jim Williams of this world, Chris Dobies, because I feel quite free behind my phone, behind a keyboard. Mm. Um, I would struggle in a if we were sat and there was four or six of us around this table now having a drink. Dan, uh, I'd struggle to be that quick-witted, you know, person which which I believe I. I am on, you know, I can give and take on, on social media. The troll, uh, I had it really bad. Not really with the Bell's palsy. I've had, you know, I've had some nasty ones. You know, some some of them have been quite innocently. You know, like, I didn't realise you had Bell's palsy. It was just, I thought, blah, blah, blah. So I had death threats, but that's usually from, I remember winning the second BDO world title and Sue Williams came on. I thought she was going to say, yeah, there's a problem with your 100 grand going in, blah, blah, blah. But she said, look, the police are coming to see you because it's come directly to us and, you know, there's a there's been a death threat against you. So, you know, I've, I've had it, but quite all I do now is press block. 
you know, I, I tend to read it. Um, but I'll be really honest with you, the past sort of 18 months, I, there hasn't been a lot of hate. Maybe that's because I've been winning games. Um, uh, but there hasn't been an awful lot of hate. Um, but my love for social media is definitely there. Do you think it's a bit of a shame, though? Because you've evidently, you, you've got quite a a mature and, and you're able to just sort of shake it off block move on it doesn't no. affect me but we don't there's a lot of darts players now yeah. who've been driven off yeah. social media and not just darts players other people yeah. around because it's just not that pleasant a place yeah. to be anymore and it's become quite corporate yeah. I find there's not as much fun as there used to be you and Edgar are two of the yeah. last bastions yeah. of people actually just yeah. enjoying themselves yeah. on there yeah, someone called us Laurel and Hardy, and straight away I'm like, can I be Laurel? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is, I mean, there's, there's been times over the years where uh, I would react, you know, um, I'm driving a, a young lad, you know, I've become friends with him now, but a young, a young lad from Newcastle where I was going to drive to his house, you know, because he was so personal, and but he knew which buttons to press and the buttons to press was going back to the Bell's Palsy. I can be called fat, I can be called anything. But and I can laugh at that, you know, because you know. But 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 my Achilles heel was always that. And when people realise what buttons to press, it, it it can be a difficult place to be. Social media, a very lonely place to be. Um, but yeah, I, I guess with maturity, it's just block, move on, and uh, you know, just go from there. And I do. I, I struggle without social media, you know, especially when you're at the MK Dons now and you haven't got a game now till Wednesday. A big part of my life is you know being on Twitter and being on Facebook and. You know, banter's important to me. Just talking about like your Bell's Palsy experience or being able to use social media without letting all the negativity drag you down, do you think that's made you stronger? Do you think that's actually made you better at the sport you love or is that just makes you happier and better in life? Yeah, I find it quite bizarre really when people say what mental strength I've got. You know how strong I look when it comes to a, an eight each game, and I've got a hundred and twelve finish because that's so far from the truth from where I was. And I think again, that's come with maturity, that's come with age, that's you know that's come from losing big games. You know, I've had my heart broken with this game, but you know you bounce back. Um, so I, I just I'm in a fantastic place right now. You know, you you interviewed me last year, like you said, but you know when you get to know me as a as someone it's just I'm really happy home life is really good that's important uh, my daughter's doing fantastically well the data's going I work hard you know I've practiced every single day in lockdown I didn't I kept away from sort of the online stuff so I knew when I came to the summer series I was furious I didn't win a summer series last week I mean driving home I was very angry uh, because I knew I had that in me so it's just great that you get on a stage like I did last night and you're banging 107 average against an unbelievable Jeffrey Desfarn who's you know averaging 97 himself and to win that game 10-3 is uh, probably just justifies and explains where I am as a person right now. So Glenn Durrant there, really open, honest, interesting chat with Duzza. We've already mentioned Webby about how incredibly talented and hard-working, how much of a grafter and a grinder he is. That's, that's his word, he just grinds people down. But I was really interested in him talking about how the whole Bell's palsy thing and his confidence and, and being on stage. How difficult is it to go up there and perform at a world-class level in anything 
if things aren't right at home, if you've got personal problems, if, if you know problems with family or whatever like that, I mean, it's got to be difficult, hasn't it? Yeah, well, any sort of distraction, isn't it? It's not going to be good. You've got to be, when you play that, it's got to be focused on playing, focused on your opponent. And, um, yeah, Glenn's done well to channel that, really. He's done really well. And, um, like I said, I think he enjoys it. But, yeah, you've, you've, you've got to be happy in what you're doing. It's I've not been happy in what I'm doing. That's where I, I am uh, commentating on darts and not playing at the minute. <laughs> but it's just one of them. It's You've just got to deal with situations. And uh, I think Glenn deals with it well. I think you can, you can tell when players are a bit off going up there when they get ratty with themselves. They generally don't perform and don't win games and I think that's a key moment you've got to have a calmness and you give too much away and yeah it's a massive factor if you're relaxed you're going to relax up there it's going to help but that's that's also the thing that a lot of fans they'll be really avid sports fans whether it be darts or anything else and they'll be watching one of their favourite players or, or somebody they've been watching for years and they think oh he's not playing very well at the minute he's, he's just he's just rubbish he's lost it or whatever whereas he might be going through some awful stuff personally that you just don't know about and that that sort of and don't want to talk about either I mean I remember I remember Phil Taylor winning the Grand Slam one year and he averaged 104 all the way through the tournament just played like Phil did but every single day in the afternoon he'd go off to the hospital and see his mum who was who was dying essentially and she, she passed away not long after that to be able to just he had this uncanny ability to switch off that side of things no matter what was going on most of the time Phil Taylor was still able to go and play at this world class level most people aren't that freakish in their ability to do that are they no no it's trying to block it out but maybe that was spurring him on going I want to do it for family Mm. and stuff I mean I think Andy Hamilton's father wasn't well when he had his run to the final and he I think his dream was obviously to go and take the trophy to his dad and it it didn't happen but still I'm guessing his father was really proud of him and and I think that spurred Andy on and and players use it you've got to use it to your advantage if you can it's not always that easy but certainly Phil and Andy on that occasion did that Um, what do you think about Dozer's chances there? I mean, look, he sounds confident. He's playing well. He's just taken out the fact he's become favourite for the title. I mean, you you reckon that he's going to make the final along with Michael Smith? Who wins that final if they both get it? Yeah, I do. Um, I wouldn't like to pick the, the final, but what they're both good at now is Durham can graft, but he can be fluent. Michael Smith has grafted against Mansell Sulevic so far, but he's played against Johnny Clayton he just battered Johnny Clayton he's, he's shown he can graft in a game now Michael Smith it's an even contrast it's a contra- contrast in styles and nothing against Glenn if it was that the final I'd like to see Michael Smith do it mm. but um, yeah it'd be an interesting final and I think they met here last year Michael Smith did a real good job on him but Glenn did, got his revenge in the Grand Slam so you won't want to pick that it's, I, think it, I think it will be the final come Sunday night and what a great final it'll be The Darts Fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Just <laughs> every professional will tell you, oh, it's tremendous. I think it's an absolutely genius idea. I think it's been fantastic. That's just absolutely amazing. It's always great. The hairs on the back of my neck were standing up. It's made my night. I think it's made everybody out there tonight. I don't think I'll ever witness anything like that again. It was just <laughs> a mark of speech for That's just phenomenal. Right, come on then. We've talked plenty about the match play. Let's get down to it. Uh, we're going to make our picks. I have been 
abysmal, but Mark Webster here has, has been pretty good, apparently. I mean, I don't, you might just be making this up that you have picked a Dozer Smith final from early doors and you're just telling me this. Oh, now. no, no, I picked it from the second round. Oh, okay, all oh, right. My okay. original one was that's Michael Van Gogh and Gary Price. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, good. I'm not going to lie to you, Dan. You can oh, see good. it on there. Yeah, I've done that. But yeah, yeah I'm, as of last 16, I've got a new pick. Okay, well, look, <laughs> we're going into the quarterfinals. Um, we'll take Thursday night first. Michael Smith, Christoph Ratajski. Now, you said Smith makes the final. Are you, you're going to have to pick him here. I, I'm going Ratajski. Yeah. I think he's incredible. I genuinely yeah. think he's amazing. I, I do. It's, well, I was just saying to you, the schedule's come out. And I'm, unfortunately, I'm not commenting on that game, but I really wanted to. That's, a, that's just a brilliant game, isn't it? Michael Smith and Ratajski. I, th- I think... I think Smith just just edge well, I've got to say that. I think just edge it, but it's an incredible encounter. That Christopher Tyske, I watch him. He's like he's like a poker player. He gives nothing away. He's world number thirteen. He, he didn't even qualify here two years ago. He's going top ten. He's going top five in the world. The guy's incredible. And Michael Smith and him could probably be rivals for years to come. I, I think they were, and they've already played some incredible games. I remember seeing him play on the Euro Tour and, and chucking ridiculous averages against each yeah. other. But Ratajski, he's he's the world number thirteen. And he's not done anything massive in the big tournaments where all the no, money is. No, I mean, no. just you know, imagine if it clicks for him here and at the Worlds. All of a sudden, he's world number four or something. Well, the, the Premier League is crying out for a, a new player always. We always want new faces. You know, we like seeing the talent boys, but we need new faces. Christoph Ratajski, surely, he'll be in the mix next year because he's good to watch. He just does his own thing. He doesn't give anything away. Doesn't. I don't know how you rattle him. You don't. Yeah. I, I just don't see how you do. Do, do you remember Gezi trying to do that? Gezi was doing all the shouting. At the at Minehead, he's five one up on him. Yeah, went yeah. down a treat, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and he literally, he almost screamed in his face after like hitting a one eighty to leave something. And Rajewski just ignored him, hit the winning double, and that was it. Like yeah. he, you cannot, you, you could set off a bomb in front of him, and he just shrug. Yeah. But I've seen, I've seen on a pro tour he's played Gezi as well. He's not afraid to get a little bit oh, niggly yeah. if he has to. You know, Christoph Ratajski's here to win, and he's used to winning. So um, yeah, th- I think that's that, that is the standout quarterfinal for uh, for me. Yeah. Michael Smith and Ratajski. It, it, it's a fascinating game, and it's a yeah, it's a tough. I'm going for Smith, but it's an absolute career change for Ratajski if he can get the job done. All right, you mentioned career changes. Has Simon Whitlock rejuvenated his career this week? He, because he's beaten Michael Van Gerwen for the first time that is he's brought an end to the longest losing run between two active dart players he'd lost 15 in a row to MVG and he beats it he doesn't just beat him absolutely smashes him off the board what do you you think he can do it again against Gary Um, I actually don't but at the same time he is great at stopping a slide down the rankings we all do it we sit here he's finished he's he's on the way down Whitlock he believes himself I actually picked him to struggle here but fair play to him he did a right job on Van Gerwen he got in front never let him get near him he was up for it as well and you see his, the interview after it's great to see the smiles um, I don't know with Gary um, he doesn't like playing Whitlock you know, mm. even though he's got a probably good winning record Whitlock just does his own thing and he likes to slow Gary down he tries to do it together in price in the world it didn't work but he'll have a go <laughs> at Gary tomorrow that is for sure Whitlock don't care and um, it was nice to see wasn't it, it was, um, we don't like to see players just you know we've been playing better and it was a fantastic result. Yeah, all right. So you still think Gary wins that one, though? Yeah, I, I do. I actually am. I'm pleased with Simon, but I just think Gary's he's got a bit of a... He's, he's quite chilled now, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's just, He's got a different... He's been projected to be the world number eight or maybe even lower after this. But he doesn't seem like a player who's defending 100 grand. He just doesn't care. So I think, basically, in the longer format as well, I just think he'll find a way to win. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I, I sort of agree with you on that because I just think if you you play long enough and you're Gary Anderson, you're going to hit top form at some point or at least somewhere close to it. But 
I've just got this thing about I, I think Whitlock might do it as you say every time he needs something he pulls something out of the bag I'm, I, just to be contrary I'm going Whitlock for mine yeah. um, let's move on Duzzer Van Der Voort we know you're going to pick Duzzer um, but a word on Vincent he's played oh, brilliantly you know this week you know? I actually tipped Vincent to beat Chizzy in the first round I thought Daryl would get the better of him tonight but I was so pleased for him I mean it was incredible he just he, he battered Daryl didn't he? he he battered Chisnell from 5 all. I yeah. mean and Vinny's just he's just chilled out. He's like tomorrow he's probably spend most of the day in bed. He's he's happy yeah. just to chill out and um, ready he's, to go he's again. Just happy he's not in Blackpool and Barnsley. Yeah. Slags him off. Yeah. Absolutely despises them. Yeah. I've never known anybody play darts for so long and seemingly hate everything about yeah. it. But he's um, his interview after as well. He was like he was saying it's a great achievement for me. Well, he has. He's just quarterfinals because of the, the prize we now have. That's twenty five grand in his pocket. Mm. And this is a player who was on the slide a few years ago. He had a bad back. He was dropping down to 40 maybe near 50 in the rankings but back up in the 32 now and yeah he's rejuvenated and he'll cause Dezzer some problems but I just don't think Dezzer's rhythm suits Vincent at all Dezzer just does what he wants and I think he just has a little too much for Vinny but I'm, I'm so pleased with Vincent the way he's played well event. look I think we're in agreement That's we're in agreement on Dezzer I think he does it because I've just been so impressed with him and, and having spoken to him for the pod I, I think he, he sounds like he's just in such a good place that he'll be able to play at that level all the way through I think the other quarterfinals the most intriguing one though Dimitri Vandenberg who's this weird player who actually you know what you know what this is like, Webby, because you have a grand total of one PDC ranking title. Yeah. You have loads of deep, deep runs in the biggest tournaments in the world. Yeah. You turned it on on stage. That's what Dimitri's like, isn't it? I mean, we've not seen him do as much as you have, but he's only starting out in his career. Um, what What is that about? What's, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have bucket loads of ranking titles, the I, pair of I, I, I don't know. I mean, to me... I'll admit it, Dan. Some days I'd go, say if I was chasing the match play, I think you get the quarters. Maybe I just took my eyes off the prize in the quarters. Mm. And you're thinking, I've got that. And I don't know if Dimmy does the same. I don't imagine he does because he's got to cut the finals. But do you know what? Do you know what? If he doesn't win titles, who cares? As long as he's in the TV events, because the lad goes deep. He's in his third major quarter final on the yeah. trot. He's been in the world quarters twice. Yeah, he got a nice draw at the UK Open, but geez, he didn't in the world. He hasn't had a great draw here. Aspinall first round. Joe Cullen was uh, probably kicking himself in bed tonight because he should have gone 9-5 much, but Dimmy hung around, grafted and hit the right shots at the right time. And he beat Adrian Lewis from 3-1 down in the world. Mm. He'll fancy that the first of 16. I don't know. Uh, this game is literally... A f- is AD back? I, I, that's the best I've seen him look yeah, for. Do you know for a what? Yeah, long I, while. Yeah, he, he shouldn't be hovering around where he is. He's what's he been? 15, 16. He's being called a top 16 player, Adrian Lewis. And he's not. He's a top eight, top four when he's in his pomp. But he needs to. He said in his first round, didn't he? I've, I've, get, I've got to give myself a kick on the backside. So he's addressed. He needs to be a bit more committed. But he's been good. But he's. I think his first game was perfect for him. Steve beat and someone's just going to go mm. with him. And it was just a great game running, just nip and tuck and then. But tonight. He, it shouldn't have been that close. I think he hammered Danny Knopper and he got the job done in the end. He had the emotion, but him and Dimmy thinking the same thing. It's a massive opportunity, isn't it? Seeds have gone in that section. I'm going to go with AD because he's. I don't know how many times Dimmy has played first to 16, once at the Grand Slam, maybe. Mm. So I'm going with AD on that basis. But I, I think he's back. I think yeah. he's back. It, everything about his throw is. I'm, I'm not really sure where. In the last couple of years, he's been shouting and screaming a lot more, even in floor events. And I just thought he's probably just getting frustrated because it's not coming as easily as it used to for him because he's just this natural incredible talent now I just think it's 
he's sort of just part of it. He just seems to be doing it. Even when he's playing well and looking really good, he's just shouting and screaming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Aidy Lewis, he, he's going to be in majors for the rest of the, you know, the next 10 years, but that's not about it. You know, someone like me, if you give up something that's great, you know, you, 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 you get players who just want to make the majors. Aidy needs to start having runs because he's going to be in them, but he's, he's got to go deep, and this is a chance now. I mean, you know, to be, no disrespect to Dimitri, and both of them really. Both of them thinking this is a great draw. Mm. Quarter final, semi finals, twenty five grand in a bag already. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. But I just think I agree with you, Dan. Adrian Lewis has got something. It's, I'm not saying he's back, but he's got something, and I think he, he will edge that match. Well, look, I'm I'm going to go with Adrian as well. I've been so impressed. I still think there's more work to be done to aid for Adrian to get back to where he was. But he really does look like things might be happening. So that's our picks. Webby's going for Anderson and Smith to come through, and then Dozer and Lewis. I'm going Dozer and Lewis as well. But I'm going to say Whitlock and Ratajski contesting the other semi-final. You may think we're talking utter drivel. You can get involved yourself. Download the Low Six app from wherever uh, you get your apps. Uh, thank you again, Webby, for joining us. Um, what's next for you apart from commentating all the way? Through? Are you doing the final? I am. I'm here for the duration. Yeah. So um, I was. I was only supposed to be here from the quarters onwards, but obviously. See, Wayne's had some personal mm. problems, so I got called down. But yeah, no, so I'm here for the. I'm doing the first half of the final as well, which I've done a final before, so I look forward to that. And then I guess I'll be back down here for the the, the Premier League at some capacity and sandwiched in there. I've got some online stuff, so I'm quite quite busy really. Quite it's been busy, good. yeah. You go. Yeah. Good look. Thank you very much for joining us. As I say, you can get involved on the Low Six app. Make your picks for the quarterfinals, the semis, and the final coming up. We will have a world match play champion come Sunday night. And remember, if you are playing on Low Six, you've got to be at least 18 years of age and resident in the UK. Terms and conditions do apply. Please gamble responsibly. And if you or a friend have problems with gambling, seek help immediately and visit BeGambleAware.com. Oh, 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 oh,